random roll. Yeah. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 695. September 16th, 2021, 94 degrees was the high on this day, and that happened in 1955, and it was uh, 38 degrees back in 1873. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushire. It's round two in the Jewel Jones update. Hey! And unless John Thompson starts misbehaving even more than he has, he's going to lose his number one ranking to Jewel Jones. That's true. Uh-oh. Who is still in the Michigan legislature, although he has been uh, removed from committee assignments, which might be the equivalent of John Thompson here being removed from the caucus. Sure. All right. But Jewel Jones is still in the legislature, as near as I can determine, and so is John Thompson, who said, I wish to serve as an independent. Okay. Mm -hmm. Michigan Representative Jewel Jones, a Democrat from Inkster, brought a handcuff key to jail when he was arrested Tuesday. For violating his bond, according to the Livingston County Sheriff's Office. Jones, 26, was taken into custody during a hearing for violating his bond a third time. Sheriff Michael Murphy said the key was found taped to his foot. The prosecutor (laughs) authorized additional felony charges after the discovery of the key. Jones' attorney entered a not guilty plea during his arraignment Wednesday. Uh, Yeah, pay no attention to the key taped to his foot. He was given a $100,000 cash or surety bond in order to not possess any weapons. He must also surrender any items used in the course of duty by law enforcement officers. He served as an auxiliary police officer in Inkster. Oh, good. Uh, When Jewel Jones was ordered to jail after violating bond for the third time on Tuesday, the the Livingston County Sheriff said he brought a handcuff key with him. Now Now he's been arraigned on a felony charge of bringing a weapon into jail. This guy is a piece of work and an embarrassment to all elected officials, and I believe he thinks somehow the laws do not apply to him, Murphy said. More than that, I am mad. Had the handcuff key ended in an injury to my staff or another inmate, I am not sure what I would have done, as my primary responsibility is the safety and security of my staff and inmates. The lawmaker's tether show that he had alcohol in his system earlier this month. He was not allowed to drink alcohol while out on bond after an arrest for allegedly drunk driving crash in the spring. So uh, he's been in and out of jail quite a few times. He'll be back in court tomorrow for a pre-trial, pre-trial hearing. And he'll be spending time in jail now. But he's still in the Michigan legislature, just as our own Jewel Jones, known as John Thompson, is still in the Minnesota House. Mm-hmm. All right. So would you say then, going forward, if, if, if another uh, elected official has a mishap, do you call that a Thompson or do you call it a Jones? Well, right now, I think Jones Tom. is in first place. He is. Okay, he yeah. is in first place. That's a Jones. Thompson-Jones. Oh, it's it. a Thompson-Jones. I like that. Thompson the hyphenated Jones. version. Yeah. Sounds like a soul singer. Uh, I don't know where to go here. I have, I have so much well, material. I've never seen your pile this big before. Well, it's just amazing. Care uh, <laughs> 11. Whoa. Huh? Nothing. Care 11 uh, has a feature on their website called yeah. Verify. I found everything out about it, just Good. so you know. And I want, I, I've been using it. 
uh, it's interesting. You know, does a booster shot, is a booster shot needed yet? And Verify will say, no, that hasn't been approved, and there's still some discussion about it. Or yes. And it's, it's, they strike me as nonpartisan. And, uh, John, what is Verify? Uh, Verify is dedicated. It's actually a full, its full name is Verify This. Uh, Verify is dedicated to fighting the spread of misinformation and helping you determine what's true and what's false. It is part of Tegna. And what is Tegna, you say? Mm -hmm. It's an American publicly traded broadcast digital media and marketing services company headquartered in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. It was created in 2015 when the Gannett Company split into two publicly traded companies, and Tegna indeed owns Care 11 and a lot of other stations. All right. Okay. A lot of NBC stations, I'm guessing. um, Very helpful. Yeah, I've seen it on other NBC station websites. Well, this one is a... Hold up. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Something really ain't right. Verify. Yes, under Biden's proposal, the IRS could have more access to your bank accounts. If you have at least $600 in your account, the IRS could end up monitoring your spending. It is part of President Biden's proposed tax reform and is raising concerns. If you have at least 600 bucks sitting in your bank account, the IRS could end up monitoring your spending. You've been asking us about this new regulation, a part of President Joe Biden's proposed tax reform that is raising questions about privacy. Let's verify. A THV 11 Verify viewer wrote in asking, after seeing some banks posting on social media that the IRS is going to start making them report all deposits and withdrawals over $600, can you tell me if this is true? Our sources, the U.S. Department of Treasury, testimony from the IRS commissioner and Congressman Steve Womack. At the end of April, President Joe Biden announced the American Families Plan, included in the proposal tax reform. Back on June 8th, in a testimony to the Senate Finance Committee, IRS Commissioner Charles Reddick lays out what would be included in the plan. You can see here, financial institutions would be responsible for reporting your withdrawals and deposits, breaking down physical cash, transactions with a foreign account, and transfers to and from another account with the same owner. Now, this would apply to all business and personal accounts with at least $600 in it. According to the testimony, the purpose of this plan would be to improve tax administration and provide the IRS with a blueprint to address uh, various facets of the tax gap. The plan, however, has been met with major criticism. Arkansas Congressman Steve Womack joined other lawmakers in writing a letter expressing their concern with the data collection proposal, saying, quote, the requirements of this proposal would impose significant compliance costs on our banks, credit unions and related financial institutions, but also infringe on the privacy of millions of Americans. So we can verify, yes, it is true that under President Biden's proposed legislation, the IRS would have access to more information on accounts with more than $600 in them. Keep in mind, this proposal still has to make its way through Congress, so things could change. Now remember, if there's something you'd like verified, email us, verify at thv11.com, or reach out to us on social media. Mm. That is alarming. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even know how it physically could be done. Well, these idiots can't get you know, car tabs right. Well, I mean, by physically done, I mean... Have you noticed uh, during your, the course of doing some banking, I, I'll, I'll just limit it to my personal experience, where I bank, they're very short of help. 
Oh, the the drive-through lines are insane. Well, they don't have enough people. Right. They're like anybody else in business. They're struggling for all of our advertisers. Str- struggling for employees. Right. Uh, so that so that's one question I would have. Uh, and two, uh, uh, what country is this? What country am right. I living in? Yeah. Right. And Such, to back up your thing about banks. You cannot call the IRS and get a hold of them. Mm-hmm. You will not talk to a real person anymore at the IRS, and it's been that way for over a year now. I, I'm going to suspect that this will not happen. God, I hope it's not. positive Thursday. I, I have to take a positive view. <laughs> the door is open for that to happen. Right. But what what could they possibly? What could the IRS possibly newly understand about me by watching my by, but yes, ooh, ooh, well, ooh. let me finish the sentence. What could the IRS possibly newly understand about me uh, watching my deposits and my spending, which would mean they must, would have to go through my checks? Right. They want to know if you're, the money you make is legit from legit sources. Well, if you're well they paying, could see my tax records. I know. Well, they um, want. Go ahead, Chris. I was, I was, Kenny, I know you're in the same boat. We both know a ton of people that work for cash only. Yeah. Mm, yes. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, yeah. And I think that's who they're going after. Because well, but rem- do those people have bank accounts? Of course they do. But remember early on in the Biden tenure, I remember this vividly. One of the f- very first things he wanted passed was he was going to spend somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 billion, whatever the number was. Cool. Yeah, for the IRS. For the IRS. Yeah. Y- you know what I'm more worried about, Joe? You brought up deposits. I'm worried about, are they going to start nosing into why I took yep. $3,000 out of my savings account yep. last week, and where did yeah. that go, and what did I buy? Yep. Did I pay somebody? Mm-hmm. Did I buy something? How, if I did buy something, how come it's, you, you know... What w- business w- is it of theirs, whether you bought a snowmobile or not? <laughs> I, I don't disagree, Joe. <laughs> well, this here, is horrible. Here, here's what you had asked early on in the pandemic. Walls didn't sign up for this. He didn't ask for this. What's his master plan? And he didn't. And I'm not just singling out Walls. This is going on all over the country. Gentlemen, we're seeing socialism right in front of us. And that's yeah. exactly yeah. what this is. As ludicrous as that, as that sounds, I'm 100% on board. Yep. And you combine that with what the uh, the capital gains proposal, yep. what, they're, what they're talking about doing. Um, I don't think we talked about it on the air, but I think they're making us more dependent on government and um and they want to get inside our bank accounts and our homes and our bedrooms i'm going to be selling apples out of a barrel here yep let's stay alive well you're going to have to pay taxes on the uh, on the money (laughs) you earn from selling those yeah yeah the the story can make 600 to uh (laughs) there was a study done by iowa state university in which the capital gains tax essentially would wipe out iowa's farmers i mean it would just wipe them out completely well, and it's uh, it, it was just an Iowa study, Chris. It would correct. wipe out farmers nationwide. Correct. Correct. Do I'm going to continue to believe that this won't happen now, but well, but it, where the camel's nose is in the tent. What faith do you have in the either the current political class or the people that are voting for these idiots? Look what just happened in California mm-hmm. yesterday. No, Tuesday. Well, I can top that today. Oh God. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I hate to tell you that, but I can top that today. It, it is Positive Thursday, Joe. I, I know, but I found some material that helps me understand the rhetorical question we've been asking, and that is, why oh. is yes for Minneapolis so yeah. intent on removing a requirement for a police department? By the way, the Supreme Court has ruled, it, uh, the Minnesota Supreme Court has ruled, it came down this morning at 10.40 a.m. that elections officials do not have to provide notices with Minneapolis ballots this fall. But the high court has yet to rule on the larger issues in a case threatening to toss a policing proposal from the November election. So they overruled Hennepin County Judge Jamie Anderson. Uh, Earlier this week, Hennepin County Judge Jamie Anderson barred elections officials from counting votes on a proposal determining the future of Minnesota, I'm sorry, Minneapolis policing, after she ruled that city officials chose to prevent the question to voters in an unreasonable and misleading way. And that sparked appeals, and uh, now it's still up in the air as to whether this will be, whether those votes will uh, count. Uh, In a two-page letter Thursday morning, the Supreme Court lifted that, the notification requirement, meaning the explanatory language. Other portions of Anderson's order, including provisions that block officials from counting votes in the proposal, remain in place while the justices consider the larger issues. Uh, The latest rulings stem from that legal fight over how to present a key policing and public safety proposal to voters in a neutral way. Lawyers on all sides of the debate have argued vehemently over how to interpret those charter changes and how much detail to provide on the ballot. This story is developing and will be updated. That was from the Star Tribune website, which finally got this story onto its site at 1040 a.m. today. So we don't know yet. We don't know, even though early voting starts tomorrow in Minneapolis. It does. And this to me, indicates one of the reasons why I'm so opposed to early voting. You're not ready to vote yet. Right. Things could change drastically. This, this early voting is a canard. It's a uh, smokescreen uh, for, for mischief. I, I'm opposed to it. Uh, voting is a wonderful American process that has been fixed and it wasn't broken. And uh, you, you shouldn't have early voting. And precisely, this is one of the reasons. You have the most important ballot question on any ballot in the United States of America, and it's not ready to be presented to the public because the language is too vague. And the voter, quite literally, an uninformed voter in particular, will not understand what they're voting for. You're going to be voting to get rid of a police, the requirement to have a police department. Go back to the Biden tax plan on my bank accounts. Mm -hmm. What? faith or belief or evidence do you have to think that this will not pass? Because don't use common sense with these fools because they don't have any. Well, the American public, uh, this is the first I've heard of that paragraph buried in whatever his family rescue plan is. I, well, see, I'm sure I, that was 10,000 pages and that's in there somewhere. But see, I did see this a while ago. It was on one of the uh, you know those third tier websites that we don't really go to because they're not you know, they're not valid or trustworthy. I'm, I'm, I'm totally unaware of it. I, I just, I hope you're comfortable where you're working. Because, man, you need to be comfortable with the pressures we got in today's workplace. And I want you to consider Center Point of Mendota Heights. It's a commercial office park. Eight single-story buildings on a rolling park-like campus in Mendota. 
easy to get to the airport, easy to get to major highways, 65, I'm sorry, 55, 62, 494, and 694. You're in a park-like setting surrounded by trees. The buildings are one story, no elevator weights, no parking hassles because your parking spots are right in front of your building. Each office space is customizable. You can get exactly what you want. They've got the air purification systems in the buildings, your own restroom, of course. It's just fantastic, peaceful, quiet, and really, really pleasant area to work. It's a beautiful part of the, the metro area in Mendota there. So uh, find out more at escapetomendota.com. Hey, become a part of the Chill Boys family like the entire Garage Logic staff and also so many of you GLers right now that have made your purchase for maybe for yourself or for somebody else. It doesn't matter because they are the hands down most comfortable underwear you will ever own. I promise you. They have a wide variety. It's performance boxers, bamboo boxers, bamboo boxer briefs. It Just check out their website right now chillboys.com there you can place your order for the comfortable boxers or maybe you want a couple of cool t-shirts sunglasses whatever you want go online right now here's the coolest part if you have an order over 40 dollars, it ships fast and free in the united states yeah anywhere they're a local minnesota company and they are so happy to be part of the garage logic family they also have a really cool number of sale items that are going on right now so do like we did become a part of the Chill Boys family, whether you want the performance, the bamboo, it doesn't matter. You're going to really be happy with your purchase at Chill Boys Brand on Twitter. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. This is Jeff Dayton's salute to Glenn Campbell. So I'm just going to play this little part even though I'm not supposed to. I don't care. Yeah. This is really cool. <laughs> Lovely. All right, Kenny. Uh, holsters, cases, uh, ammunition, uh, scopes, uh, sights, uh, uh, ammunition, ammunition, and ammunition. And, of course, firearms. Firearms for all occasions. And who uh, are the biggest purchasers of firearms in urban areas? Women. Females. Yep. What else? You want to do the ad for me? <laughs> no. No. But I thought you'd like to know that. Totally derailed my train of thought. I have no idea where I'm going now. Well, everybody, all the G, all the GLers know where I'm going. I'm going to dkmags.com and the store, the physical store on Old Eight in New Brighton, uh, because they offer everything. Uh, uh, you know what, Joe? Huh. The reason I got turned on to DK Mags was because of a CI girl, a lady GLer who had a wonderful experience, was treated right at DK Mags Wonderful. in New Brighton. And I, I was I had just come off a really awful, awful experience with a place. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to name the, uh, the suburb in the southern part of uh, the Twin Cities because everybody will know uh, that I was over by the Mississippi River on the southeast <laughs> side of, of uh, the, the city, and they're going to know what place I had an awful experience at. But And so I go up to dkmags.com. Oh, my God, these guys are wonderful. They found the firearm I was looking for. I uh, subsequently ordered more firearms. I had gunsmithing done. I bought ammo. They're a great little shop. They're on Old 8 in New Brighton and on the web at dkmags.com. I uh, read about a woman this morning named Nicole Thomas-Kennedy. She won uh, a primary in Seattle uh, running for the city attorney. 
And the first thing she wishes to do is abolish the office of the city attorney. And uh, I started to do more homework on her. And I found a piece in something called The Stranger, which is a Seattle news site. I think what's happening, and we should be grateful for this on a positive Thursday, I think around the country there are these news sites that are uh, developing that fill in the blanks that the news, the major line news gathering institutions leave blank. Mm-hmm. Uh, locally, we have Alpha News, for example, and they've come up with some really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alpha News, for example, came up with the uh, the challenge to the thin blue line decal on uh, police cars up in Sartell. Uh, only only after these decals were removed did that story make it to the Star Tribune, for example. So you have these sites all over the country that are filling in blanks, and that's what I'm going to presume the stranger is. And uh, the headline is, Nicole Thomas Kennedy vows not to prosecute almost all misdemeanors. And we learn that she doesn't want to be a progressive prosecutor. If elected to replace three-term incumbent Seattle City <laughs> Attorney Pete Holmes, she wouldn't want to prosecute much of anything at all. Oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> if you hire me to report your traffic, I promise not to report traffic. This I will guarantee you. <laughs> Over the phone, Thomas Kennedy said she impetuously decided to jump into the surprisingly uncrowded race for city attorney late last week because she thinks Seattle should have the choice of abolition. That means getting rid of police and the prison system. But she knows that won't happen overnight. So for starters, that would mean abolishing the office's criminal division, which would leave room in the budget, she argued, to build up the agency's six-person victim advocate unit and beef up its civil division. She also plans to use the power of the office to lobby the state to end qualified immunity, legalize apartments everywhere, and advocate for other policies that would make Seattle more equitable. The prosecutor's ethical duty is to seek justice, but there's no justice in prosecuting people for crimes of survival and poverty or in making the lives of people in desperate situations worse. The very least that the city attorney could do is stop prosecuting people for most misdemeanors, she said. Moreover, black people, indigenous people, people of color, and those with disabilities are overrepresented among those charged and punished for committing crimes. And she thinks there are better ways to do this that are more cost-effective and that will actually ameliorate the situation. Bleep that word. She was a public (laughs) defender. Uh, She moved to Seattle from Iowa in 1997. Uh, She's described here as a high school dropout and teen runaway. She found work in bars and restaurants, first at the J&M in Pioneer Square, then at Jack's Roadhouse, then at a bunch of places in the market, and then at the Seattle Alehouse. At 26, she picked up a GED and started school at Seattle Community College. She eventually earned an anthropology degree from the University of Washington and then a law degree from Seattle University. Along the way, she married, had a baby while going to school. And can I say the, uh, can I say the, the name of her band? No. <laughs> okay. No. And then uh, started working for a band called Blank Person. Uh, it's a swear word. It starts with a bad word. Yeah. Last year, she started her own defense firm after working four years as public defender. A word we use often when we're not recording. The show. Right. <laughs> no matter how hard she worked, she said she kept seeing the same people all the time. The working poor, the unstably housed, all prosecuted for things like stealing a sandwich, sleeping under an awning. Uh, jail only exacerbated problems for her clients. Uh, it's a long piece, I found, but it's 
it's, it's providing so, um, me some insight. Joe, I'm so she's she only wants to drop misdemeanor prosecutions for black, indigenous, color, et cetera, et cetera, not white people. Well, I, or would, ima- all. I would imagine she'd have to include all people. Rather yeah, okay. than prosecuting and jailing, <laughs> wait, no, you're gonna get. Uh, we don't know that. <laughs> you're well, it. rather than prosecuting and jailing people for committing misdemeanors, Thomas Kennedy would rather the attorney's office spend more time working to solve the upstream issues from fr- from which most of the criminalized behaviors often spring, whether that's poverty, affordability, mental health, or addiction. Well, that's we punish not her the job. we punish the bleep out of people, and we think that's justice. We've all been hypnotized into thinking that a lack of severe consequences for things means a lack of justice, but that's not what accountability looks like. Hell, if punishments and jails made us safer, then America would be the safest place in the world, but it's not. Well, I can stop you right there, lady. It's it's not because of people like you in positions to make it less safe. Yep. Thank you. The criminal side of the city attorney's office handles simple and gross misdemeanors such as traffic violations, DUIs, trespassing, vandalism, some assaults, and some domestic violence cases. According to the agency's latest report, cops sent the office over 13,000 cases in 2019, and they bid on a little over 7,300 of them. The rest of the cases were either diverted or declined for lack of evidence, lack of victim participation, or some other reason. Uh, uh, She would prosecute DUI cases. She doesn't know what she'd do about domestic violence. Oh, she doesn't? No. Oh, okay. That's good. While she's not running on a platform of decriminalizing domestic violence, she thinks the prosecution process and punishment in those cases can often do more harm than good. Okay. Uh, I just keep going here in in my astonishment. Uh, When it comes to the issue of domestic violence, we should be focused more on meeting the needs of those victims. If we want to put a no-contact order in place, then where are the people going to live? If we want to encourage people to leave abusers, then where are they going to go? What services are going to be in place for them? There's lots of stuff that goes along with that kind of trauma, and none of it is addressed by our system. Although she likes alternatives to jail, she called the current specialty court systems coercive and said forcing people into treatment when they're not ready is harmful. Uh, and while Pete Holmes may be a progressive prosecutor, she said his line, attorneys are not prosecuting progressively. To piggyback on your remarks, I did find another interview with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how frightening is this? Uh, they say, what do you believe causes crime? She says... Human beings, even on their best days, are bound to make mistakes. A mistake or behavior is a crime because legislation or code says so. For almost every behavior criminalized, there are exceptions for actors. Crime, as it's currently defined, is caused by individual desperation, by a lack of the ability to meet basic physical and emotional needs. So there's no crime, apparently. Well, and I submit to you, uh, this goes a long way to helping us understanding the Yes for Minneapolis movement. I think what the true mystery has in its agenda, its platform, is the idea that crime only exists because laws say so. How right? do people... Uh, just a minute. Yeah. Yeah. John, I'm yeah. paraphrasing what you just read me. Exactly. Laws yep. exist only because the crime says it's a law. Yep. And uh, no... Uh, to the to the thinking of this woman and to the thinking of yes for Minneapolis, why have police enforcing laws that we think are oppressive, that we think result from poverty yeah. and uh, desperation? Mm-hmm. 
she wouldn't prosecute property crimes, for example. So, mm. No, that kid wants it, or that young person wants it. They just get to have it. So the guy that breaks into your house and steals something, that's because he needed that item. And I can only conclude that much of that thinking uh, is a product of the failed academy. Yes. Uh, she went to a number of failed academies, and uh, she contends that... Uh, uh, her progressiveness, well, here, during, well, I, I can't even do this. It's just, part of this is about Pete Holmes, who is bad enough. Uh, but Thomas Kennedy sees no danger in swapping horses midstream. The people heading up all that litigation have those situations under control, she said, and she wouldn't make changes to those assignments. Uh, civil litigation goes on a long time, and I don't foresee a time when there's no litigation. Uh, he can't stay in office forever, she said of her opponent. But she won the primary race. Oh. And, and, uh, so I, Seattle is dying would then just basically be a, a fluff piece compared to what's about to happen if this... Oh, yeah. Yep. I Good believe Lord. there's a mindset among a significant number of the Nicole Thomas Kennedys in the country... Uh, who believe... Or our guy here, Choi. Choi. Or the Minneapolis City Council. Who believe that authority in and of itself must be challenged because of its origins. And its origins in the minds of these misguided fools, the origins are the founding of the country. I, I keep trying to think about this logically... But they're going back to the beginning and they're saying because uh, the country was founded by these white guys, everything they believed in, we find false. We, we, we should not have to. For example, there's a great movement in the failed academy at the high school level, for example, that achievement is just an example of white privilege. Sure, yes. And so, therefore, uh, children of color should be disabused of the idea of achieving, which, again, is harmful to those kids. It makes them less than. It's disingenuous. Black parents in America should be outraged, should be outraged to think that achievement is something white. But that's mm -hmm. where else where else can you go with this kind of thinking? And and it and by doing these things, they stay in power and they will be living in a medieval fort while all around them. Rome is burning. Rome is burning. Yeah. And they will have brought about this conflagration and but they'll be protected from it private security it's just yep because that was going to be my question what to this person um okay so you just think that complete and total anarchy is going to be the way to go going forward well let's bring it closer to home all right well, yeah, yeah we're seeing it closer we're to seeing home. it it's, closer it's, to yeah, home. yeah yeah the wheels are turning here it's happening but whatever would replace a police department, keeping in mind that they say, well, we'll still have police if we need them, can't possibly handle what is happening in Minneapolis right now. Nope. Seven homicides in seven days. Look at the one yesterday, the, the school teacher mm -hmm. uh, that was shot in North, was it North? He had a 69th murder so far this year. Was Cedar and something I can't remember. Crime scene tape, evidence markers, and investigators cover the 1800 block of Third Avenue South after a man was found shot to death, uh, and they're finding uh, more and more 
bullets at scenes of crimes. Guns are casings. Guns are literally being fired more often. Yeah. What what is the what would the Department of Public Safety do in that case? If you follow the thread of the thinking of the uh, of the Nicole Thomas Kennedys, uh, would would much of those shootings be justified as an example of despair or need? Now I grant you she's been talking about misdemeanors, but you don't prosecute the small stuff. You're only going to get worse big stuff. And we're, we're, we're going to see an increasing movement the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings that we're not going to prosecute misdemeanors. We think these are acts of desperation. You guys, I went to go, because I remember reading something, and I might have done it during the show, or maybe I did it after, I couldn't remember, about the number of shots that were fired in Minneapolis. Isn't it 10,000? For the calendar year. Do you, do you guys realize that they they have a page on the city of Minneapolis government website mm-hmm. that gives you a, a, a shot fired count? Because they have shot spotter in Minneapolis. But look at this. Well, I can't. I'm way far away from you. How many shots have been fired? I can't even tell because oh. it's littered a with. A graph? Yes. Oh, yeah. What did you just say about the Minnesota Department of Public Safety, Joe? What could they possibly do to replace policing? What could, how could the Department of Public Safety, which has yet to be imagined, has yet to be constructed, what can they possibly bring to the streets to bring about calm? To them, police represent authority, and I think authority is what's well, being contested. The Minnesota Department of Public Safety is a thing. And no, I'm talking is. about Minneapolis would, instead of a, requiring a police department based on population numbers, okay, okay, it would okay, be replaced with... A okay. Department of Public Safety, which is unknown at this what, point. So you should have, uh, y- y- what you meant, if I may, uh, you meant the mini, the um, yet-to-be-created Minneapolis. Yes. did I say Minnesota? I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because the Minnesota Department yeah, we already of Public have Safety. One. Yes. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. We're, no, this, we're is the, this is what it would be called in Minneapolis, a new Department of Public Safety, which has yet to be figured out. It's not there. Yeah. If the if that ballot measure won, if it gets on the ballot and people go for it, I can't imagine you'd have any safety at all. The police would be neutered. They would be placed in the hands of guidance by people who don't believe crime is necessarily crime. Well, let's... Let me read to you the mission statement. <laughs> Let me read to you the mission statement of the Minnesota Department of Public Safety. Uh, DPS is an enforcement, licensing, and servicing agency that develops and operates programs in the areas of law enforcement, traffic safety, alcohol and gambling, fire safety, driver licensing, vehicle registration, emergency management, and public safety information. Right, all of which contain law enforcement officers. Exactly, right, and which is good for the state of Minnesota. I mean, we're talking troopers here. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just found an article that was published five days ago on the PBS website. Mm -hmm. Let me read you this paragraph and let this sink in. The murder count represents only a small fraction of gun crimes. You're talking nationally. Minneapolis. Oh, Minneapolis, all right. Data show a record number of gunshot wounds reported since last year. In the first six months 
of 2021, Minneapolis surpassed shots fired citywide in all of 2019. Yeah. According to ShotSpotter activations, shooting reports, and other data tracked by local law enforcement agencies, this year is on track to surpass 2020's record high of 9,600 gunfire reports. The past 20 months now account for almost a quarter of the 70,000 gunshot incidents reported in Minneapolis since 2008. Let that sink in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... You would think the outstate Minnesota would have a lot more gunfire, you know, right. due to hunting, deer hunting, ski, ski goose practice. Hunting. Yes, you know, absolutely. Good, good old boys like me shredding cardboard. Yeah, but no, 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 no. That's not the case. So the reason I read you that mission statement for the Minnesota Department of Public Safety, Joe, is I'm trying to envision what the Minneapolis, the yet-to-be-created Minneapolis Department of Public Safety, and what their mission statement would sound like. <laughs> oh, wouldn't and that be great? Yeah, yeah, it, it would. It would be. Uh, it would be an SNL skit. It, it would be ludicrous. Well, you've you've seen glimpses of it. We would have a comprehensive plan focusing on. Whatever. We need to come up with a really <laughs> good name for this. It's just up. It's just complete BS. and total. Yeah, complete and total BS. The, yeah. the the Department of Handholding. You know, something like that is what it would become. I don't know what in the life of Nicole Thomas Kennedy, apparently fleeing Iowa as a kid and educating herself out in Seattle. I, I don't know what drove her to get to the point where she thinks crime is merely the result of crime because we call it that in our laws. That's what we call crime. We call that because we have laws that prevent me from stealing my neighbor's you, shovel. We have, we have crimes. Suppose, do you suppose it could be just as simple as her putting her toe in the water and testing the water, saying, you know what, these idiots are going to bite on this hook. Let me throw this out there and see what happens. Just yeah, to get she, elected? She, yeah, she got yeah, into the race yeah. late because nobody was running. So she thought, well, here, I'll do it. And here's what I believe. Yeah, I've got an angle. She probably doesn't even believe it, but I've got an angle, and this will get me in the door. You know, we can sit and laugh about this in Seattle, but like Kenny mentioned, it's happening here. Did you guys read the story that Kelsey sent us? I have it right here. The the high school? I have it right here. Thank you. Because it's happening here right now. A Minneapolis high school has switched to virtual learning and moved some classes off-site because of safety concerns after an encampment sprung up on school property this summer. (laughs) (laughs) They're eating their whole. They probably have big uh, crowds at their football games, though. <laughs> Volunteers of America High School. <laughs> Volunteers of America High School, an alternative school of about 85 students near the intersection of East Franklin Avenue and Cedar Avenue, will continue holding virtual and off-site classes until they're assured of the physical and emotional safety of both students, students and staff said Julie Manwarren, president and CEO of Volunteers of America, Minnesota, and Wisconsin in a statement to the reformer. Uh, For many months, we have been reaching out to law enforcement, city, county, and state officials, as well as our community partners in the neighborhood, sharing information and making them aware of the needs of our students and staff, Manwarren said. While we are frustrated by the increasing violence and lawlessness around our school building, we remain hopeful for a shared solution. Sure. It's a sprawling encampment that first started on a median near East Franklin and Cedar before expanding to the nearby light rail underpass 
Down Cedar toward Minnehaha Avenue, it's become increasingly worrisome to leaders of nearby social services organizations who describe it as a hotspot for drug use and trafficking by people seeking to exploit homeless residents. Uh, people are getting hit by cars and overdosing. Uh, it's a hell of a city we got there, isn't it? It really is. Jeez. <laughs> Speed limit there, if I remember right, is 30, which means uh, everybody does about 50 to 60. The last stoplight is at 26. And uh, once you clear that light and you're northbound, it is hammer down. Well, don't speed in your new Volkswagen, Fiat, or Alfa Romeo from Schmel's Countryside in Maplewood on the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. You're advising people not to throttle? What, 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 who are you? Well, I'm I'm being very prudent. Okay. I'm being judicial. <laughs> this is the on-air Joe. Oh, right? yeah, that's the, true. <laughs> the Joe we know with that cute little sports you car. You leave yeah. that driving alone to me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I've owned Fiat's, Alfa Romeo's, and Volkswagen's. They're all capable of a quick bounce. Let's go. Yeah. Let me assure yeah. you, they're wonderful, yeah. wonderful cars. Wonderful, wonderful dealership. Zero percent for up to 36 months on all new Volkswagens, except the uh, ID4. The new Volkswagen Taos would be included, of course. Zero percent for up to 72 months on Fiat. Zero percent for up to 48 months on Alfa Romeo models. I love all three of these uh, makes. I've owned all three of them and will continue to deal with Schmelz Countryside. Check out your own inventory at SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And as you've been hearing over the course of the last couple of months, Josh asks you one simple question, and that's always, do you know what you own? You see, Josh's clients, they always know what they own. And Josh has found that most people that he meets with every single day, well, they don't. They absolutely have no idea. Josh has also seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds. And there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that those bonds currently yield. So Josh begs of you, know what you own. And you'll hear from Mr. Money Talk later today here in Garage Logic to give you a specialized report on the goings-on in the market today. Trust is often overused, and it's even harder to find. Please, you can take it from me that you can trust Josh. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation, and you do so by calling 952 925-5608. Once again, that's 952-925-5608 for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. We can still talk about tractors, but I want to hear Jeff uh, P.K. Mayo. Let's go. Reality with a bite. The Joe Shoot Show. Easy for me to say. This PK man. Yeah, I'll say. All right. Okay, I should have read another important paragraph in the story about the uh, Volunteers of America High School having to go back to uh, remote learning because of the encroachment of a, an increasingly larger and larger homeless encampment. Joe Hobart, president and CEO of the nearby American Indian Opportunities and uh, Opportunities Industrialization Center, and Marissa Cummings, president and CEO of the Minnesota Indian Women's Resource Center, 
told the reformer last week that the city tells them to take their concerns to the county, which owns the median off Franklin Avenue. And the county refers them back to the city. (laughs) Minneapolis police seem reluctant to intervene. It's untenable, Hobart said. It's a little pocket of lawlessness. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry said in a statement to the reformer he's working closely with Hennepin County, Metro Urban Indian directors, and the community to identify safer options for those presently at the encampment at Franklin and Cedar. All right. Hold up. Hold up. (laughs) Wait a minute. Something Something ain't right. Something ain't right. Go tell the county. Okay, we did. What'd the county tell you? Go back to the city. Sure. Okay, this is happening with what essentially are traditional agencies still in place. What's going to happen if, if there's a new Minneapolis Department of Public Safety about which we know nothing because it hasn't been created yet? You can't get your act together with stuff that's worked for 100 years. You're still screwing it up. So what's going to happen? When those well, are gone. Joe, when the phone doesn't get answered, the crime never happened. Therefore, crime's going down. Why am I hearing a phone ring? The phone in here is ringing, and I'm oh. not answering it because we're doing a show. Quit calling. Yeah. I, I wanted to say, uh, could we... Uh, really not- quick, really quick. Uh, about the homeless encampment. I'm sorry, because yeah. something came to mind during the break. We went to the Vikings game. I took my two boys a couple of weekends ago. Yeah. Um, anyway, we drove by the one that would be south of 94 that's right by that where that pawn shop was burned down right and my boys looked that's the one that's the one they're talking about oh okay so that is the one i, I didn't i didn't know yeah. that so anyway my yeah. youngest my 6 year old he looks at it and he says hey dad look there's a campground <laughs> and I went, yep. Well, yeah. okay, I'll listen. I don't want to explain what's really There's going no on. There's no forest or a creek meandering through right. it. Right. There's no pool. No. <laughs> you Stop. have the Ilhan Omar update theme. I know I'm not giving you much oh, of a heads up goodness. to find that, yeah, but. There's there's not a pool, but there is a puddle yeah. of, of, of <laughs> urine. Oh. Here is your latest Ilhan Omar report on Garage Logic. I, I only read this story because I was hoping to find evidence of her claims. U.S. Representatives Ilhan Omar and Gwen Moore are calling on the Secretary of Defense to investigate possible mistreatment and or neglect faced by Afghan refugees at Fort McCoy in Wisconsin. The two members of Congress wrote a letter Wednesday to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin requesting that he investigate concerns raised with their offices about conditions at Fort McCoy, including families lacking access to basic necessities and a staff speaking in rude, condescending manner to refugees. There's no evidence of this. The Wisconsin State Journal on Tuesday reported that many Afghan refugees staying at Fort McCoy still have not been able to get a new set of clothes, including undergarments. Okay, uh, the evacuees had to wait an hour, hours long lines to get food. But an official with the Department of Homeland Security said that problem has since been addressed. Uh, we need an investigation to shed light on these claims where needed, provide reforms that affirm the dignity of every refugee more, a Milwaukee Democrat said in a statement to the State Journal. Asked to comment on the letter, Fort McCoy said... The Department of Defense and the team at the base supporting the evacuees are dedicated to treating our Afghan guests with dignity and respect while we care for their needs. In their letter, Moore and Omar said they have also heard reports 
of a lack of access to feminine hygiene products and staff calling refugees animals. We don't know that. They provide no evidence. These families fled their homes and left everything behind, and many arrived here literally with only the clothes on their backs, the representative said. They should be treated with compassion and dignity. Fort McCoy has a robust donation system has been established to ensure the needs of Afghans are met. Clothing, undergarments, shoes, baby items, and personal hygiene products are being distributed. The base said personnel seek constant feedback from the Afghans on how they can improve the refugee stay. Uh, two Afghan women uh, spoke with the state journal about what they are experiencing at the base and on the condition of anonymity. Both said the Americans they have interacted with have always been nice, but complained some of the Afghan men at the base harass women. Why is it Omar addressing that? Well, because that's not part of her agenda, Joe. Because they're not they're they're not Americans. The country she really despises. Right. This is our fault, apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what it is. They no, did, it's yours. You're an evil white man. That's right. <laughs> uh, the two women who wanted their identity shielded because they feared a reaction from the Afghan men who are causing the problem said over the weekend they were frustrated with a lack of access to food and clothing. Uh, Thomas Gresbeck, a Fort McCoy spokes person with the Department of Homeland Security said that Fort McCoy initially experienced supply chain issues. I find that plausible, but that has been addressed within the last few days. He said Fort McCoy personnel are distributing clothing as fast as we can. But in addition to the investigation, Moore and Omar asked Austin to provide information on how the Defense Department is ensuring that Afghans are treated respectfully. You already got it, lady. Omar, that the Afghan men are the problem. Uh, in addition to the investigation, more uh, to ensure the Afghan, they also requested all reports that Afghans have made about any alleged mistreatment and information on the reporting process. Good Lord, you people are you're a, <laughs> you are words I can't say. Did uh, did you see her reaction to the judge's ruling the other day? The judge's no, ruling concerning what? Concerning the uh, police. Uh, <laughs> Omar that, report on garage logic. The judge's, uh, the judge's ruling the, on Muhammad Noor? No, on the police uh, question oh. on the ballot. Oh, uh, the ballot. Uh, she, uh, she said uh, there, this is the opposite of what democracy should produce. The people, <laughs> the people had a vision for what they wanted, and there's this judge, there's a mayor, there's a police chief, and they're moneyed friends who are telling us we can't have a city that's flexible to our needs and our demands. How else are we supposed to make any progress if we can't do that? She did that at a town hall last evening. She apparently. is intent on destroying the city. Well, mm-hmm. she's absurd. Yep. And the fact that people are buying this and giving her respect for her absurd opinion is in itself absurd. Meanwhile, uh, what, what did we say? 70,000 gunshot, whatever whatever the number mm-hmm. is? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's worried about, okay. Got well, it. The, the exact paragraph is, over the last decade, Minneapolis has averaged 45 murders per year. But it's not just the number of shootings police are worried about now. It's the number of bullets being fired at each deadly scene. Oh, I see a math problem coming up. Mm-hmm. Do we have the number of shots fired in the last, like, say, January 1st? Let me see if I this particular this, site uh, does that. This I could be looking, a fun math. Go ahead, John. I, I tried looking that up earlier when Chris talked about it, and I couldn't find a number, just a lot of maps with okay. uh, spots where did shots you, are fired. Did from. you see the one on the city website I was talking about? Yep. Isn't yep. that 
Unbelievable. <laughs> Amazing. It looks like it, a weather pattern, Joe. It yep. would be mm-hmm. fun to break down shots per minute uh, on average since January 1st. That'd be fun to find out how many how many shots are fired every minute. Will you people please go to work? Spencer Grunhofer is begging you to come up to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo and apply. I thought you were talking to me. I, me I too. About to I've given up. I'm computer off and go home. <laughs> Spencer is desperately seeking part-time help to keep his doors open, and they're not kidding. Uh, this is the world's greatest discovery. GLers have made it their emporium of meat, both in Hugo, north of Hugo on Highway 61, and at the new location, just east of 35E on Highway 97 in Forest Lake. But like other business owners, Spencer has been having a hard time filling all the slots he needs to fill to keep providing you the brats, the burgers, the steaks, the meatloaf, the seasoning, the salmon, the ham, the bacon, the whole deal. It's all fantastic. You could be working in a great environment, working for a great guy, working for a great small business that is growing. And, uh, you know, kick that guy out of your basement if he's qualified and tell him to get up to Spencer. Well, you don't want to kick the guy out of the basement. We want better people than that. Uh, I don't know who you tell. <laughs> right. Tell somebody. But tell somebody. You can call Spencer directly uh, after 3 p.m. Call him at 651-426-2800. And he wishes to pro- preemptively say thank you, GLers. Schoonover Body Works and Glass in Shoreview is a GLer's one-stop, family-owned, third-generation body shop and, well, just all-around auto shop. They're on County E and Lexington in Shoreview, the sole sponsor of Positive Thursday here at Garage Logic. And Mr. Positive himself, Mike Schoonover, is on the line right now. Hi, Mike. Hey, fellas. It's good to be here with you today. So I just wanted to, I know I talked about this last week when we were live at the fair, but uh, I don't know if my message was clear. Um, I had you guys, no, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I had my truck scheduled. I was going to bring it in to um, put in a new grill because a pheasant wrecked my grill. By the way, there's an E at the end of the word grill. It's grilly. Uh, and new running boards because uh, I wrecked my running boards in the woods, so I, I ordered a new pair of those. But then right before I brought it in, I started getting a check engine failure light thing flashing and my transmission started acting really weird, struggling to get in and out of first gear. Mike, I knew, I absolutely knew that I was going to be putting in a new transmission. And I got to say, you're really the voice of reason and calm. You talked me off the ledge and then your guys... Proved to me, yeah, it wasn't any big deal, and you fixed it right in the shop and sent me home happy. <laughs> I just wanted to thank you for that, Mike. Well, we're happy to do that, Kenny. That's what we do all the time, and it's just, uh, you know, just uh, trying to take care of our customers and and solve problems and make people feel better and make people's day better, and you know, because let's face it, cars cars suck. Uh, you know, yes. I mean, they just thank you. Stuff, <laughs> stuff goes wrong, and you know, why is this light on, and what's that noise, and all that oh. kind of stuff. So, oh, we're happy I, to I, do that stuff. And you know what I did, Mike? I went to the internet. Like, you know, when you think you're having a heart attack, you go to the internet, and it says, nah, you're not having a heart attack, you're having a panic attack. Well, in my case, it showed me that um, your tranny is bad. You got an eight-speed tranny, and that thing's about to explode. It turns out it was just an oxygen sensor. <laughs> it 
was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. But your guy, Noah, I got in that car, and that thing was better than the day I drove it home from the dealership. That kid is amazing at detail work. And it sounds like, uh, from what Noah was telling me, he could use a little help, huh? Yeah, we need some help. We're, uh, we lost our summer help. Those guys all went back to school, and, and so we're looking for... We're looking for, uh, you know, we're looking for for people to come into the automotive industry, get in on the ground floor, and we'll teach them and make a great career. And and uh, uh, there's there's uh, there's plenty of opportunity for people to make really good money in this in this industry. And what a great shop you guys run, uh, Mike. Everybody there is so awesome and so positive. The guys that do the mechanical work, uh, the body man, uh, Nikki, keeping me informed all the time. And, of course, you uh, you float in and out of there like uh, any boss and owner would. But uh, it, it's it's just the organization that you have there. Schoonover Body Works and Glass GLers. If you need glass, service, body work, oil changes, tires, oh, hell, even a GL sticker, I've got to recommend Schoonover Body Works and Glass. <laughs> They've been at it for 80 years in Shoreview, always rated as one of the best shops in the metro. GLers, thank you so much for choosing SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. GLers, I'd like to introduce to you our new friends from Mosaica Hard Surface. They specialize in the sourcing, supply, and installation of hard surface-based materials, such as granite, marble, and quartz for your kitchen, bath, fireplace, bar, outdoor kitchen, anywhere you dream up. They can get it done, done right, and also done under budget. Corey and Jay, they are the owners, and they are diehard GL fans. There's a lot of people out there that are doing this, but I'm here to tell you that Mosaica is the best. They've been around for over 20 years, and they do things the GL way. They only use the best materials, and they custom cut everything in their state-of-the-art facility. And they also install everything themselves. Not everybody does that. Mosaica Hard Surface wants everything to be perfect. Corey and his team want to work with you. They have the new showroom over on Marshall Avenue in St. Paul that's going to be opening this month. Look for the grand opening announcement right here on GL very soon. You can call Corey directly at 651-242-0894. Stop by and say hi, or just visit them online. Their website is mosaicahardsurface.com. That's M-O-S-A-I-C-A hardsurface.com. Brah! John, yeah. Could you reread me the Ilhan Omar quote you just gave us from a town forum? Certainly, certainly. Uh, this is this now. This was after Judge Jamie Anderson's decision. She said, "This is the opposite of what democracy should produce. The people had a vision for what they wanted, and there's this judge, there's a mayor, there's a police chief, and their moneyed friends who are telling us we can't have a city that is flexible to our needs and to our demands. How else are we supposed to make progress if we can't do that?" So it's not democracy if you don't get your way. Yes. Correct. Yes. All right. Also, you could link you could link her thinking to this uh, Nicole Thomas Kennedy out in Seattle. She, Omar, in uh, in in vague language, is essentially saying what Nicole Thomas Kennedy is saying, and that is, we believe we have a different vision because we don't believe. These are crimes. They're only crimes because of the, the law says they are. We, we're we being robbed of a chance to plan a different type of city. Mm-hmm. And so it's not democracy because we lost. That's yep. a shame. It's a shame that she's so firmly entrenched in, the, in such an important chunk of the city of Minneapolis. Yeah. 
No kidding. You miss Phyllis, don't you? I miss uh, her, and I miss uh, who do I miss? Barb Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Hell, I miss uh, Ryback. You know, you know who we needs? <laughs> who we needs? I'm sorry. Who, needs? who we need? Don Samuels. Man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Here is John Hyde in his newsroom. Oh, thank you, Joe. Uh, some breaking the news this morning. News man. <laughs> uh, no, I got it. I'm, I'm here. A 56-year-old man is jailed in St. Paul in connection to that quadruple homicide in hmm. Dunn County in Wisconsin. It's not immediately known, though, what his involvement is, expect, uh, is suspected to be. A second suspect, believed to be in the Twin Cities, is still at large. St. Paul police took Darren Lee Osborne, also known as Darren Lee McWright, of St. Paul into custody Wednesday night, according to a Ramsey County geologue and the police department. Warrants were also issued for his arrest and Antoine Darnique Suggs, who's 38. Suggs is believed to be in the Twin Cities area. Any information about his whereabouts should be called into local law enforcement or the Dunn County Sheriff's Office in Wisconsin. The sheriff's statement said Suggs should be considered armed and dangerous, should not be approached. Uh, all of this started on Sunday afternoon. A farmer in the town of Sheridan, Wisconsin, found an abandoned vehicle. Inside were the bodies of four people with ties to St. Paul. The Ramsey County Medical Examiner's Office conducted autopsies. Preliminary information showed each died from gunshot wounds. On Saturday night, the friends were hanging out at a St. Paul bar and they left in a vehicle with someone. That, according to the father of one of the victims, the place where the bodies were found is about 65 miles from St. Paul. Uh, there is, according to authorities, no known connection between Dunn County and the four people. Osborne was arrested at the Dayton's Bluff neighborhood Wednesday night about 8.30. He does, by the way, have several warrants out. He was taken into custody without incident at Frank Street and Minnehaha Avenue. The warrant he's being held on uh, for him being a fugitive from justice, along with a 2021 third-degree assault, substantial bodily harm case. Let me get back to my So he should have been here. in jail? Yeah, well, possibly. It, it was my suspicion that this would not remain a mystery for long. Yeah, you did. You said and, that yesterday. And uh, yeah. maybe we're, we're seeing that develop. Yeah. The initial court appearance Wednesday afternoon for the man charged in that fatal shooting of a driver in Plymouth on Highway 169 had to be delayed a day after Hennepin County Sheriff's deputies reportedly said the suspect was too violent to meet with his attorney and attend a virtual hearing. 33-year-old Jamal Smith of Chicago was extradited from Illinois, where he was captured August 24th and booked Tuesday night in the Hennepin County Jail on charges that he killed Jay Broughton of Crystal. In the moments before Smith's hearing was to begin, word came out during a back-and-forth between Prosecutor Judith Cole and Public Defense Attorney Shauna Kiefer of the difficulty deputies were having with their client. At Kiefer's request, Judge Daniel Moreno granted a delay. Smith remains jailed in lieu of $2 million preliminary bail. The public defender said, I have not spoken to this man. It's a very serious case. No information was released about what Smith had done to force that delay. I read uh, two different accounts in the same story Mm -hmm. that the fellow who got killed, the baseball coach, uh, either gestured or shrugged. The shrugging yeah. apparently came because this idiot alongside him wanted to get into his lane and he shrugged, meaning, I don't know what we're supposed to mean from that. And I don't know what we're supposed to take from a gesture. In either case, you don't get shot. Oh, so no. this guy felt disrespected. Apparently. This, well, this, sure. it's obvious this guy can never see the light of day mm-hmm. ever yeah. again. Mm-hmm. And he needs, to, he needs to be sent to hell. 
Um, and, and of course, that's not going to happen nope. via the government. So, you know, prison justice. Let's just hope somebody cuts his head off in prison. He needs a violent, awful death. Drivers, don't give anybody any gestures. Don't, don't please, don't GLers, do don't even look at them. Don't honk. Nope. Nothing. St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter's 2022 budget proposal calls for a 6.9% increase to that city's property tax levy. That's equivalent to about a $127 tax increase for a median value Don't even home. look at me, I'm Rivers. sorry. <laughs> I just, when John does these stories, I just love watching I don't your reaction. Do, I don't, it's news. I don't I give them that. 126 bucks, that's go, all, John? For a median value home, oh, yeah. Median value home. That's yeah. not a done deal, uh-huh. but that increase remains we're, the maximum we're, target. We're, we're all averting our eyes, Joe. Kind of like when you're on the when you're on the putting green, you yeah. know. We yeah. all kind of just look look, <laughs> look oh, elsewhere, so we don't. Have to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, St. Paul oh, City Council. Have you quit last again? Night. Have you quit again? No. Oh, you didn't quit yesterday. No. No. Must have had a good round. You well, quit quitting. better than uh. a quitting one. Okay. The city council last night approved the mayor's proposed maximum property tax levy. Uh, the amount can still be adjusted down by the time the city budget and finalized in December. Uh, the final vote, uh, don't worry, Joe, it was close. It was 7-0 to zero following some criticism of the mayor's spending target. <laughs> Council member Rebecca Noker said, I, for one, think a 6.9% tax levy increase is too high. Some neighborhoods, like Dayton's Bluff, are likely to see much heftier tax increases as a result of rising property values. Council member Jane Prince, that's that's your person, right, Joe? Jane Prince? Well, she's not my representative, but, no, but, I, but I, you, I, I can talk to her. Yes. Yeah. How about on Maine, John? How are we doing on Maine? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jane Prince, who represents Dayton's Bluff, noted the city will get $166 million in federal relief funding this year. She says she thinks that 6.9% is too much, and that's what she's hearing from her constituents. Well, then I'll give that an additional sentence. Why don't mm-hmm. you salon-dwelling beggars take the $160 million that the taxpayers of St. Paul have already contributed to to the federal treasury, you're getting it sent back to you. Why don't you use that to hold taxes down? No, they're going to be okay. No, it's not, so, Sid. It's not going to be okay. <laughs> when you talk to Jane, uh, is she sitting in the booth next to you or across the table? And a uh, follow-up question, do you hold hands when you talk It's only been emails. <laughs> all right. Emails and phone calls. I want, her to run for mayor. House Dem- I want her to run for mayor. She won't. After Minnesota House Democrats voted well. Tuesday night. She's a complete wait, crack wait a liberal. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. I was about to turn on the, what are they called, the Klieg lights? She's just less crackpot than anyone else, that's all. It's your same theory with the... the yeah, okay, all right. He's it's, less uh, nuts. You're, so there's a Joe meter, you know, like yeah, this, yeah, right. yeah. And, and and it's like a conservative here, or at least a moderate. But Joe's keeps going this way because he has to, because right. that's yeah. all there yeah. is. Right. Yeah. The two cities. Uh, after Minnesota House Democrats voted Tuesday night to expel him from their caucus, State Representative John Thompson said Wednesday he will continue to serve in the legislature as an independent. He said he'll continue to serve on committees, author relevant uh, legislation, and co-sign into bills that he said would uh, benefit the community. Thompson's expulsion from the House DFL Majority Caucus strips him of access to the party's staff and resources and means he won't have much influence in the chamber, at least for, for now. The, the only people that will get this reference are the ones that have watched Letter Kenny. 
But uh, what I think of when I think of this situation is the Democrats uh, and the coach of the hockey team at Letterkenny when he kicks the wastebasket across the floor and yells out, bleeping embarrassing! It's one of the best scenes in the history of television. And then he comes back in for more. Kicks it again. (laughs) The Minnesota Department of Health says residents can now use an app to quickly, safely, and securely access all their immunizations records amid a huge uptick in requests for those documents oh, this I year. I hate the word uptick. In fact, John, I'm not blaming you, never, but uptick never use gets that the again. foghorn. Yeah. The app Docket allows people with a Minnesota immunization information connection record to view and save their entire vaccination history, including COVID-19 and shots from multiple Minnesota healthcare providers as a single PDF to a phone that could also be texted, emailed, faxed, or printed. You know, we, we sure went MDH. from, uh, we're all in this together to show me your papers pretty damn quick, didn't mm-hmm. we? Yeah, well, Actually, we're not all in this together. That's the problem. We aren't? No. Oh, I thought we were. It would be interesting if Trump was... Why we still have it. What if Trump was in office and he threw this out uh, to see if it would stick? You know the Democrats would just go insane. Mm -hmm. But, John, that's not correct. Even if if we had a 100% vaccination rate, COVID would still be here. Yeah. The virus would still exist. it, It would be, yes, but not in the virulent forms it is now. John is right. The, in other words, the okay. Delta wouldn't, you're, you're, wouldn't all right. be. John, I'll John concede. is correct. But uh, before we move on, oh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. What? I was no, just I, gonna I was add, just going to go ahead, John. You finish yours because I got. I was just going to say I actually uh, got this app this morning because I wanted to see how it worked. It's pretty cool. Just click it, boom. You got all your vaccinations there, and all the oh, government boy, has all your the, information. Yeah. You're going to let the government boy, spoon yeah. feed, feed you <laughs> any BS? They well, didn't have it before. Can't you just carry around your little laminated card? Well, it's all your vaccinations, not just what, your going back to birth. Uh, pretty much, yeah. I don't Everything even that know. there's a record of. Look what he took <laughs> back in the record of. <laughs> what I don't about, even uh, want to know. What about the vax you, vaccinations I took in my twenties? Right. You, <laughs> so you mean in the past you had to get vaccinations? I don't remember any protests, but no. Anyway, uh, in elementary I'm school. Singer. Hold on, hold Thanks. on. You, before Thank you very we, much. Before we move off our COVID discussion, did you guys see this video? Jordy just sent this to us. It's a 15-second clip, uh, a hot mic clip on Twitter. The no. Pennsylvania governor, Tom Wolf, and Pennsylvania State Representative, somebody by the name of Ullman, were caught calling face mask political theater uh, on stage. Are you guys ready for sure. this? Here we go. So, Wendy, I'm going to take I'm going to take my mask off when I speak. So. I will as well. I'm just I'm waiting so that we can do a little political theater. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to translate that. I didn't. Well, they don't I work didn't understand most of it. And 95 yeah. respirators. Right. And everybody knows it. And everybody knows it. I have a okay. question for and, Joe, uh, not regarding any of what we've talked about. Uptick. What what should we replace that with? Increase. 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 There you go. What okay. what about the one I really hate? New normal. Uh-huh. Is that is that a band word? Yet? Yeah, I, uh, I don't like it, but I don't know okay. what to replace it with. You're gonna let it slide. Yeah. All right. Okay. And 
Elementary school in northern Minnesota is moving to distance learning for two weeks after reporting substantial classroom transmission of COVID-19. In a phone message sent out to parents, Vaughn Steffensrud Elementary School, a K-3 school in Chisholm, said St. Louis County Public Health officials recommend the 14-day stop. The school said distance learning will start on Thursday and last through October 4th. Uh, meanwhile, a grim milestone in the COVID-19 story is the nation's COVID death toll exceeded 663,000 this week. It meant roughly one in every 500 Americans had succumbed to the disease caused by the coronavirus. The idea, according to Jeffrey Klausner, clinical professor of medicine, population and public health sciences at the University of Southern California's Keck School of Medicine, said given the mortality rate from COVID and our nation's population size, we're kind of where we predicted we would be with completely uncontrolled spread of the infection. I remember at the very beginning, he said we didn't hear anymore. Uh, we don't hear it anymore, but it was all about flatten the curve. Uh, that was supposed to happen, he said, uh, with the vaccine but it did not and that's the reason we continue to have cases money magazine is named chan hassan uh -huh. the best place to live in the united states oh wow i find really? that just because of winter i find that hard to believe just the season oh, of it's winter a great alone city it's a great city well, i said winter alone well, i would pick no city in minnesota well prince lived there no, he didn't. Yeah, he had an island yeah, in the yeah. Caribbean. Give me a break. <laughs> Houses in L.A., islands yeah. in the Caribbean. He stopped in occasionally. He stopped in occasionally. <laughs> yeah, he stayed there the week of the 4th of July. Right. <laughs> On his way to somewhere far more better. <laughs> According to the magazine, U.S. cities were ranked by taking into consideration affordability, economic growth, and quality of life. City with a population of 26,771, Chanhassen is now one of what is called the pricier Twin Cities suburbs with a, median, with a median home price of almost $402,000 in 2020, median household income of one hundred twenty-five grand. Beavers, you're, you're doing pretty well. Well, yeah, I, I used really to are. live there, but I live in Carver now. Oh, oh that's right. Uh, overall, Which is the reason why, what John's last sentence, that's that's the reason why we moved. <laughs> Your neighborhood that you live in yep. is more crowded than the one I lived in in South Minneapolis. It's getting, uh, it, well, what's funny is. Is that where I got lost Saturday, Chanhassen? Yes, yeah. you were in Chanhassen, yeah. but I currently live in Carver, which is southwest when of I, Chanhassen. When I, at the point of, at the height of being lost, it never occurred to me that this was the best city to live in in Minnesota. <laughs> Number two uh, in all of this, Carmel, Indiana. And number three, Franklin, Tennessee. Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, there were some other Minnesota cities on the list. Woodbury, named 29th best place. And Rosemount came in 32nd. I won't be using don't, this particular don't be clip. saving that stuff, No, Larry. I won't be using that. <laughs> did it mention anything about the... He's uh, given us one of these, John. Right. Oh. Did, uh, did it mention anything about the uh, Chanhassen Redbirds winning their fourth straight Class B uh, town ball title? Did uh, I mention that at all? You know, it... It didn't. It did have uh, some popular spots, and we talked about Prince. It included that and the uh, Chanhassen Dinner Theaters, Lake Minnetonka. Does and it have a red Savoy? Serious question. Wait a, wait a second, John. Wait, Joe, wait a second. Sure, I, have I a won't problem. do the ad, Kenny. I'll just No, wait. not yet. Not yet. I have a problem. <laughs> the, one thing I, the one thing I have with the suburbs is you can't just pull off the street into a gas station. What do you you mean? have to hang a left go halfway down the block, hang another left, 
then swerve around a building, and then get into the gas station. You can't just pull off random street right into the gas station. That drives me insane. I wonder I, if they have a red Savoy. I'm never getting that six seconds back because it made me go down the street to get to Quick Trip. That's that's insane thinking. Just let, put the access to the gas station. They might have right a red there. Savoy. They might have one in in Chad. Yes. They do not. The closest I'm, one I'm, is Eden I'm Prairie. looking. I don't. There's 16 see locations one, yeah. where you don't now can one. get adult mac and cheese. Trust me, I, I know because I've used my Red Savoy app to get right. bleeping pizza, and there ain't one in Chanhassen. and I have to go to Eden Prairie. <laughs> you remember that neon orange mac and cheese that your mom forced down your pie hole when you were a kid? That's not going to wow. happen anymore. <laughs> By the way, that's Chris's nickname. Yes, yeah. pie hole. Pie Our hole. friends at Red Savoy have introduced grown-up mac and cheese to their menu with two new items, chicken, bacon, mac, and regular mac. Available starting this month. They're baked like a hot dish and include three cheeses, Parmesan, mozzarella, and cheddar. And they've added just the right amount of Alfredo sauce to send you into a comfort food coma. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Check out the chicken, bacon, mac, and regular mac and cheese at Red Savoy this month. Uh, if you're getting a pizza, which is always a good idea, you'll get a pull tab in the box. You can win stuff. We had a guy yesterday email us and tell us he won 20 bucks off his latest yeah. his next order with his uh, uh -huh. pull uh, pull tab uh glers download red savoy app or visit savoypizza.com john okay chris i'm backstage again just I so you see know that. Uh, <laughs> i got booted off uh ali reisman said this morning the fbi agent she talked to about disgraced former usa gymnastics team doctor larry nassar diminished the abuse she received when she spoke up about it she was on NBC's Today Show this morning. It was asked to go into further detail about what the FBI agent in question did to make her feel that her trauma wasn't that bad. She said the agent, when it was convenient for him, flew to Boston to pressure her into accepting Nasser's plea deal. She also said Steve Penny, the former president and CEO of USA Gymnastics, was trying to stop the accusations from leaking outside of the organization. She said that when she asked Penny whether Nasser would be at a certain meet, Penny was more concerned about her signing the tour agreement. She said she felt pressure to be interviewed at the U.S. Olympic Committee headquarters, although she felt uncomfortable being there. She said when she did the interview, uh, interview she didn't feel any support. She said it was disappointing the Department of Justice wasn't there, called for an independent investigation into why the FBI fired an agent who allegedly did not pursue any tips about the abuse. Hey, John, um, forgive yeah. me if you didn't mention uh -huh. this, but uh, in the case of um, Dunn County, yeah. they do, they have apprehended one person, but there's also another one that's yes. still wanted. Yes. Okay, I didn't, was, I didn't know yeah. if you added yep. that. I'm yep. sorry. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. The head of the Islamic State's group in the Sahara killed by French troops, according to multiple reports on Thursday. Adnan Abu Walid al-Sahrawi had led the killings of four U.S. soldiers in Niger in 2017, according to the Wall Street Journal. Islamic State in the Greater Sahara was formed by him in 2015 and is blamed for most of the deadly attacks in the West African region. The killing uh, was another major success in the fight against terrorist groups in the Sahel, said French President Emmanuel Macron. Eight-year campaign in the region by France is shrinking, the journal said, with a reduced troop presence from 5,100 soldiers to about 2,500. Here's an example. Here's an example. Chris, uh, your car needed gas when you gave it to me. I was glad to <laughs> fill it up. And I missed the gas station by your house. Okay. So I exited from eastbound 212 to Chestnut Street. That's also 41. known as 41. Yep. 
Um, and just south of there is a Holiday Station store Been there many right times. next to um, Chestnut. In order to get there, you turn off Chestnut onto Angler, uh, Angler, excuse me, and then you turn off Angler onto White Oak Drive, and then you have to find the, the driveway. <laughs> And then you get into the parking lot, and it's hyenas at the watering hole. It's just, it's unconstitutional. I'm telling you, the suburbs have to be redesigned. And I'm not going to sit here and let you badmouth America. That's right. <laughs> yes. 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 Anyway, uh, thank you guys for letting me get that off my chest. Uh, a story that has reached the ridiculous stage. Trinidad. Well... Trinidad and Tobago Health Minister Terence Dial Singh on Wednesday criticized as false the claim by Nicki Minaj that a person on the Caribbean island suffered swollen testicles after getting a COVID-19 vaccine. I wonder how she knew that. Well, hang on, I'll, I'll tell you. More Trinidad, than a handful, Such. No. Trinidad-born Minaj sparked an international furor, a furor when she alleged on Twitter that her cousin in Trinidad refuses to get a vaccine because the cousin's friend became impotent after being vaccinated. Uh, she tweeted, his testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl is called off the wedding. The comments triggered an international oh. backlash. Oh, it was so fun. It was fun. By the way, John, President Biden uh, yeah. Yeah. just yeah. walked off after he got a question about Nicki Minaj at his well, the, press Chris, briefing today. They invited her to the White House to, the White to House, discuss yeah. this. Wow. To, 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 not to, well, to discuss, yeah, COVID-19 in general. But the uh, fallout and the stuff on social about this was just delightful oh, to was, read. It was yeah. so fun. Dale Singh also denounced the statement by the Grammy-nominated artist as a waste of time. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Joe, did you uh, ever think you'd live in a world where Nicki Minaj was asked to come to the White House to nope. talk to the president about the, the current state of a nope. virus? Or? I never thought I'd see that. Okay. And, of course, all this did was remind me of that old ACDC classic, Big Balls. <laughs> <laughs> And and the poor guy who uh, suffered this swimsuit uh, enlargement, he was to become well, married shortly, but the women the, called it off. The women yeah, called but, it off. Yeah, but the, the, the story dodged not, a bullet I, there. I, 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 yeah. I, I don't think she'll sue us. I'm just going to say this story was not true. Okay, so I wouldn't worry about him. I, I don't oh. think Nikki Nikki'll sue us. So yeah, Nikki was making this up. You, <laughs> huh? Is she an anti-vaxer? Uh, well, she says she will get vaccinated because if she doesn't, she wouldn't be able to tour in a lot of uh, I see. venues. But she says she will get vaccinated for that reason. Well, I hope it's it works out for her. It, it's just fun to read on social the different celebrities and their points of view and how they get either propped up and worshipped or dragged over the coals. The latest she, she is, was getting dragged over the coals. Yeah, and the latest is Jim Brewer, a comedian who says he's not going to do his show at venues that require uh, proof of vaccination. So, of course, he's getting hammered, sure. and it's just fun to watch the give and take. Jim, yeah. uh, did you see Jim last night on TV? No. He, He's not looking uh, well. well. You know, I think he was a pretty heavy drug user, was he not? Well, he doesn't look like he slept in about a month. Okay. Let's but put it that way. He, he has claimed before that he's been straight for years. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. You know, and of course it happened with Clapton too, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Joe, what's your I, favorite Nicki Minaj song? What happened with Clapton? <laughs> he was... Uh, uh, 
being canceled, ahead, shall we put it, because of his uh, anti-vaccination stance. Oh. And uh, I'm and, sure to, he to got the vaccinated, but he suffered side effects. Right, and that's why he was against yeah. vac. He said nobody else should get it because it almost paralyzed me. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and people were, they would go on Twitter and say, ah, he was never any good anyway. Well, okay. John, John, don't you think if we're going to cancel Clapton, it be, should be for his very rudimentary guitar I skills? I God, you are complete and total. I, gotta, I, I think I have, a, I have a Nicki Minaj song on my phone. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, don't play it, please. No, copyright. Joe, no, 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 no. We Seriously, can't. we can't. I don't. I, I, I. That's the first time I've ever had to shut Joe's mic Is off. Nikki? Yes, but oh. please don't play that on the show. All right. All right. That will get us into trouble. All right. Imp- <laughs> Why do you have a Nicki Minaj song on your phone? Yeah, that, that's the more, more important. Yeah. Because it's a kid yeah. dancing to it. <laughs> oh, it's a video of one of your yeah. kids. And I okay. can't play that. No, you can't. Yeah. An impaired driving charge has been uh, filed against a man who came to the attention of cops in North Carolina by driving in circles in the Durham, North Carolina police station parking lot. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. The circum- arrest me. The, the odd <laughs> circumstance was summed up on the Durham police Twitter feed saying, driving impaired is a no-no. Driving impaired while doing circles and flashing your headlights in a police parking lot is definitely a no-no. Please don't drive impaired. This all happened about 1.45 in the morning, September 15th, when an officer on foot noticed a red Cadillac being driven in circles in the parking lot of the Central West Division on Taunton Road. The cop advised the driver to stop. Police said the driver did not comply, continued to drive slowly in and around the parked police vehicles while flashing his headlights on and off. Eventually, the Cadillac was boxed in and stopped by two cruisers. The motorist, who wasn't identified, was arrested for driving. Well, intoxicated. Did I mention earlier in the show, or is it off air, that I said uh, Kendall Qualls has announced his run for governor? I believe that was uh, when we were not recording the okay. show. Well, that's wonderful news, I think. Yes. Just wonderful yeah. news. And uh, he even uses a portion of Garage Logic audio on his opening uh, TV ad. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So good luck, Kendall. We'll be talking to him. And we'll be voting for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Johnny. Yes. Okay. Thank you, everyone, okay. for your attendance. Thank and, you, uh, Nikki, for uh, Nikki, your contribution. Nikki, you're a hell of an artist. I have <laughs> no idea what you do. <laughs> this is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group, and this is a time of year we love in Minnesota. The leaves are changing colors, the kids are back in school, and the apples are ready to be picked. So what do apples and insurance have in common? When it comes to getting an insurance quote, many people want an apple-to-apples comparison. We can't do that at Canopy. Here's why. The Canopy Group, we believe our clients deserve only the best insurance coverage for the best price. That's why we only offer our clients combined single limit coverage. Many captive carriers, meaning they only have one option, offered split limit coverage. That means they can change what they pay you for a claim depending on how it fits. The type of coverage leaves you open to gaps and on the hook at claim time. This doesn't sound good to us and it isn't good for you. At the Canopy Group, we're often able to increase coverage from split limit to combined limit single limit coverage and save clients money. If you want an apples to apples comparison, be prepared. The Canopy Group's apples are much bigger and better than the competition. To make sure you're getting the best insurance, call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. 
This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Really quick question for Mr. Height. Ah. John, you said you have a bunch of PK Mayo stuff? I do. Okay, I, I, I'm going to need to borrow that from you. If, if, you look under, if you look under his real name, you probably find more also. What's his real name? Paul Mayasage. Oh. But I like this PK Mayo trio. Oh, They're yeah. Very, very good. Very good, yes. New CD is wonderful. Okay. Good morning, Mayor. This weekend, I have a slow-pitch softball tournament to benefit fishing with vets. We are a Minnesota-based nonprofit, so I was thinking about hanging my GL flag in straightaway center field. If you hit the flag, you get a free rack of beer. Nice. What are your thoughts? Come on up. We have 17 kegs and lots of food. Jason in Wadena. I think it's a great idea, Jason. That's a great idea. In fact, I'm going to steal that for yeah. the state tournament next yeah. summer, Hit Jason. Hit the flag, win a beer. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Where's the, the, the tournament's in Wadena? It's in Wadena. Okay. Yeah. All right. And now, oh, oh. No, first. Oh, oh, first. Oh, first. first. He forgot to do something else. We've been talking about these supply chain issues. They completely flip-flopped EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on supply delay issues. Within the past two weeks, EcoFund Motorsports received Bintelli e-bikes that they didn't know they were getting. These are bikes that were originally scheduled for delivery in the spring of 22, this coming spring, and now are on EcoFund showroom. And Tim Bloom says, this is a great, this is great if you're in Phoenix or Miami <laughs> and you have a year-round bike season. But now I have up to 200 new bikes in September. And in Minnesota, this isn't a great situation. So EcoFund Motorsports is offering an additional 10% off their already low prices. This is a savings of $160 to $200 per bike, plus get your GL t-shirt when you when you ride away. EcoFund will even finance your bike with six months of no interest, and the offer is good through September 30th. So go to EcoFund Motorsports on Highway 61 in Forest Lake while the selection is best. Also, all those gas-powered scooters that turn urban errands into adventures. Full line of Yamaha products, youth recreational equipment, helmets, apparel, and a great service. But, man, he's got 200 new bikes he didn't think he was getting until the spring. So take advantage of no this. No kidding. I mean, he really needs to unload them. He doesn't want to store them all winter. Right. So well, you got you got all of October to ride in. The rest of September to ride in, and you'll get a great deal at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. And now, only because they come to us all the way. From where? Marlith Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. It's on this date in Minnesota history, September 16th. It was on this day. Today. Today, in 1885, that McAllister College opened its St. Paul campus. Originally known as the Baldwin School, it had been named for Charles McAllister, owner of the Winslow House, a hotel in Minneapolis where classes were first held. McAllister agreed to donate the hotel to the college in 1874. Hmm. But they opened up uh, right where they are now, on this day. I'm trying to do the math. Mm -hmm. This is, this is uh, uh, something to, to remember. Eight, uh, in 1995, Henry Boucher is inducted into the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. He's an Ojibwe man born in War Road on June 1, 1951. Boucher had been a star player on the U.S. Olympic team and had played professional hockey for the Red Wings and the North Stars. But an eye injury forced him to retire, and then he served as coordinator at the War Road Public Schools Indian Education Department. And when we asked him, 
Henry, how'd you learn how to skate I so love fast? That story. Yeah. He said, "Well, he skated on the river and he heard it cracking." And you started to you move. You moved to shore. You moved to shore pretty quick. Thank you, GLers. I just looked this up really quick. Do yeah. you know what the oldest college in the state of Minnesota is? I'm going to guess that it's uh, Winona State. No. Because <clears throat> uh, I, I, I was curious, <laughs> given how old uh, you said that, that. U of M. Nope, Hamlin. Hamlin. Hamlin uh, is considered the state's oldest college, uh, being founded in 1854. And this was 55, you said? 85. This was 1885. 85. Yeah, on this day. Today. Yeah, today. <laughs> so 31 years later is when that one was open. I did and, that And now a really like popular school with East Coast uh, liberal kids. Mm, good. So Bring more of that ideology here, please. I'm sure they're doing real well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That can wrap her up, boss. I think it should. Okay. Yeah. Hey, GLers, do us a favor and join the thousands of GLers that have already joined and subscribed to our Garage Logic YouTube channel. We are posting videos nearly every single day, so you can get a little sneak peek at behind-the-scenes footage and things of that nature. And also, don't forget to download that PodMN app, where you can also explore other podcasts like the Weekly Scramble. News from the Krabby Coffee Shop featuring Kenny, John, and Dawn, and uh, Table Talk with Rookie's Family, all available to you via the Pod MN app. And we'll catch you tomorrow. Hopefully. It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to our guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And that's exactly what you should do today for that free 48-minute financial consultation. And you do so by calling 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You call that number and you get Josh. You also get straight talk. You never get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us right now. And Josh, are there more worries about the direction of the market today? Chris, for the past two weeks, there have been big concerns about the direction of the market, whether it's too high, whether we need a correction, a correction is coming, as they have been traditionally very difficult months for the market to advance. Right on grip, the market overall measured by the been trending down. I feel realistic and optimistic. Realistic knowing, yes, the the stock market has, broadly speaking, very well for a significant period of time. Do know, broadly speaking, that the market has not had 5 to 10% broad pullback in several months. Traditionally or typically in any given year, the stock market, broadly speaking, has 3 to 4, 5 to 10% pullback. This could be, broadly speaking, one of those pullbacks. Yet, throughout this year and a good part of last year and the year before, we have gone through periods of time where certain sectors of the market have gone into correction or bear market territory. This year especially, we have had sectors of the market, and there are 11 S&P 500 sectors of the market that have gone through or are in correction or bear market territory. This happens to be one of them. So I am not one of those who believes we need a big correction for the market to advance, particularly given the number of sectors within the S&P that are currently in correction or bear market position. That said, tomorrow being Friday, 
is a big, big options expiration day that has typically added four times the year to extra market volatility. This happens to be one of them. In all likelihood, pullback due to this options activity and the resetting of the options next Monday could provide smart investors who have followed our allocation model of keeping up to 30% in cash could use some of that cash to invest on the downside. There's also an old saying, Del Rosh Hashanah, which happened to take place last week, and by Yom Kippur, which is today. Over the next several weeks, there's also concern about COVID, but also what is the Fed going to say? And the Fed has a big meeting next Tuesday and Wednesday. So that could also hold back the market or create some extra volatility. You know, market players see what the Fed says in the direction of both interest rates and what they're going to do with quantitative easing and when they're going to start tapering of their bond buying. Do be prepared for the next several days or even week or a little bit more volatility, but I would use this time to start accumulating some shares at what could be low prices or give you that opportunity, and who doesn't want to buy a bar? Excellent advice, Mr. Money Talk. GLers, pick up that phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by calling 952 925 5608. Once again, Josh, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks very much, Chris. You too. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.